Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. Such a pleasure to have you joining me today. Man, oh man, I am so blessed driving in Northern British Columbia, making a living, and I have freedom to work on podcasts, to listen to audiobooks and different um, podcasts and things of that nature. I really am blessed of the Lord. And I want to remind you that nothing I share, um, I do I take credit for and say, look at me, look at how smart I am. I acknowledge the fact that I'm a blue collar truck driver and not a uh, gifted orator, nor a, a do I have a gifted mind. Um, if I have insight to share, if I have any revelation of value that comes from the Holy Spirit, who is generous in giving to those who have humility, those who acknowledge that wisdom comes from above. God is the one who gifts us with discernment and understanding that you and I down here on earth, we are so restricted. We walk in darkness. We bump around in the dark, bouncing off walls, but it is God who reveals these things. And I'm very thankful for the things that God is revealing to us so that you and I are not deceived in these latter days. I'm going to be moving on now to discuss the four horsemen of the apocalypse to spend a little time here and just determine for ourselves, are they riding? Are they in play right now? And we're going to begin in Revelation chapter 6. That's where it all starts with the breaking of the seven seals. No one but the lamb who was slain is worthy to hold the book and to break the seven seals. And Jesus takes the book and he breaks the first seal. And this is what happens. I looked and behold a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. This traditionally is understood to mean false Christs. As Jesus said, many false Christs would come and deceive many. So this is a false Christ, a false gospel, a false religion that goes forth conquering to deceive all who are not born again. I tell you what, if you're not born again, you are going to be deceived by these end time preachers who preach to the flesh, who ensure that your flesh has comfort and security and pleasure with, coupled with the promise of eternal glory. And the way they present their gospel is it's a sales pitch. It's a, a carnal pitch. You can have friends and joy and prosperity and all these good things. Um, you look at Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer and all these um, very popular preachers are marrying prosperity with Christ. And that is not the gospel that Jesus preached whatsoever. He was a man acquainted with sorrows. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. A would-be disciple says, Lord, I want to follow you. And he says, this, you know, the birds of the air have nests and the foxes have holes in the ground. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. I, I'm homeless. I'm a bum. Think about it. Do you want that? 
<laughs> not a very good sales pitch. Jesus preached the truth. He wasn't trying to sell anything. He was preaching the truth. And it's very likely that this white horse represents the false Christs, the false teachers who have gone out into the world to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. But I want to also look at Zechariah chapter 1, verse 6, no, verse 8, before we conclude that this first horse is false Christs. Um, in Zechariah chapter 1, beginning in verse 8, we read, I saw at night, and behold, a man was riding on a red horse. And he was standing among the myrtle trees which were in the ravine with red sorrel and white horses behind him. Then I said, My Lord, what are these? And the angel who was speaking with me said to me, I will show you what these are. And the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are those whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, we have patrolled the earth and behold, all the earth is peaceful and quiet. So here we have white horses and we have a red horse. They are sent from the Lord to patrol the earth to bring about peace. Now we have the opposite of that in Revelation. We have the white horse being sent to conquer. These are ministers sent from God in Zechariah chapter 1 to bring about peace. And as we'll read, when we cover the red horse, they're not doing that anymore. They're doing just the opposite of that. They are taking peace away from the earth. So here in Zechariah, we see that the white horses are riding with the red horse, that they are working together. Their mission seems to be similar. So with that in mind, let's go back to Revelation chapter 6 and look at the individual elements of this rider and this horse. So we begin with a white horse. White horse represents purity, benevolence, virtue, good. And I think it's easiest for us just to simplify that. It's a representation of good. We will perceive that this white horse is good. And by virtue, its rider must be good as well. And when we think of false Christs, false teachers, they will be perceived as good. So in that sense, it's 100% true. Whatever the rider on the white horse is, we will perceive him even though he's here to conquer. Conquer families, conquer children, conquer seniors, conquer the home. Um, he's here to conquer. But we will perceive this person as good, virtuous. The next element, he has a bow. Now, he doesn't have a sword. So his attacks on us aren't direct. When someone attacks you with a sword... You know exactly who's attacking you, but this is a bow. A bow can be fired from cover from a long ways away. Um, the, the attack is indirect, and you may not know that you are being attacked until it's too late, and you may never know who it is that attacked you. So the people perceive that this white horse is good 
but the rider is attacking them and they don't perceive just what the attack is or who it is that's attacking them. They are being attacked, they are being conquered, but they are unaware of it. Now, moving on, he, the rider of this horse, we have no description of what he looks like. It does not say that he wears a white robe, doesn't say that he, he has eyes of flames of fire or anything like that. We have no idea what the rider of this horse looks like. We just have little clues here. He is given a crown. Now, a crown denotes authority or power. So virtue or good and power. A good power, we perceive it to be a good power, but it's actually conquering us. Is there anything in your mind that you would think that we all perceive on this earth right now is a good power, but it's actually conquering us. There is one thing that I've also thought that, you know what, this could be it. Bear with me. I, I only say this. I know how stupid it sounds. I only say this just to, I want your eyes to be wide open. I want you to think, well, that's a little bit nuts, but maybe it is something different. Maybe we shouldn't just assume that it's false teachers. So going back to Daniel, I believe it's in chapter 6, nope, chapter 12. Um, Daniel is told to shut up the book until the time of the end when knowledge will be greatly increased over the earth and man will travel to and fro over the face of the earth. That's what's going to happen in the end times. And you know what? That's happening right now. Knowledge is greatly increased. In fact, knowledge is doubling every year, I believe. It, it, you know, 10,000 pages of new information are generated every single day. It's not so. It's absolutely insane how knowledge is increasing on the earth exponentially. Now, be honest with me. Have you ever thought of knowledge as anything but good and authoritative? good and virtuous. And, you know, I think most people today see knowledge as being authoritarian. We're told to trust the scientists. We're told to trust the experts. And they're given the status of, let's say, a Catholic priest from the 1500s. The, the masses are not to question them. In our culture today, there is a submission to the experts, the scientists, the researchers. Uh, knowledge certainly is perceived far and wide as being virtuous, benevolent, and authoritative. But I want you to consider for a moment what knowledge is doing to us. Have televisions been good for humanity? Well, it was Anton LaVey that called it the satanic uh, altar for the family. And he was absolutely right. He was absolutely right about that. Have cell phones been good for us? We have a generation that doesn't know how to talk to each other. They only know how to look down at their cell phones. Have computers been good for us? Has all the drama unfolding on Facebook and all the pornography infiltrating every single home in the industrial world. Has any of this been actually good for us? Has the ability to shop at any given time 
by sitting down and opening an app and looking at stuff, has any of this actually benefited us? How are we benefited in the fact that we are drifting further and further away from each other so that families don't know each other? Um, the people in our neighborhoods don't know each other. We're, we're becoming more and more isolated and miserable as time goes by. Suicide rates are climbing rapidly. Um, you know, nothing good is coming of that. And I want to give you an example of where knowledge was also a bad thing. And if you're reading the book of Enoch, it was not God's intention that you and I have the ability to write or to work with metal or to mix roots and all these different things. This knowledge did not come from God. It came from the fallen angels who wanted to be gods among us. You read in Genesis 6, 6, the, the sons of God, the angels came down and married human females and from them bore giants. Um, they weren't supposed to be here and they weren't supposed to be doing these things and they weren't supposed to be teaching us these things. And, you know, because we learned writing um, before, if we sinned, our sin would die with us. Now we could write that sin down and it would last far beyond us. Darwin, Charles Darwin is a tremendous example of this. His sin should have died with him, but it is here to this day, and it has done incredible harm to the world. His sin didn't die with him. His sin is on bookshelves in schools all over the world right now. So that knowledge wasn't supposed to be in our hands, and it did us tremendous harm. After the time of the flood, you had eight people who were godly who came off the ark and Humanity should have entered a new golden age. And it was a very, very short period of time until they were building the Tower of Babel. It wasn't a big tower to reach all the way up into the sky. They weren't that stupid. It was a gateway to the gods. If you do the translation, that's the exact translation, gateway of the gods. And that's what uh, Nimrod was trying to build with the Tower of Babel. And I believe he did succeed. And that's where we get the Nephilim being back on the earth after the flood. The flood was supposed to wipe them out. But they reappear after the flood. And I believe Nimrod and the Tower of Babel are directly responsible for that. And that's because they found knowledge from the pre-flood world that they weren't supposed to have. Here again, we have an example of knowledge that did tremendous harm on the face of the earth. So I can't say with certainty that the white horse represents knowledge. But I can say that it's worth considering. Because knowledge for the past couple of hundred years has exploded and is changing the face of humanity, not for the better. Think about it. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't have nuclear weapons. We wouldn't have the fear of being implanted with RFID chips. Our children wouldn't be lost in cell phones and computers. You know, think about your children learning your trade and working with you and your aunts and your uncles living nearby. I mean, we've lost all of that thanks to knowledge. So I want to share that with you, but either way, whether it's false teachers or knowledge, the white horse is clearly riding and we're clearly in the last times based on what we read in Daniel chapter 12. So 
our next one, we're moving on to the Red Horse, and this is where it gets a little bit scary. Thanks for joining me, and God bless.